What's up, everybody? I'm Tyler Haberski from the Panthers Nation Network, and today we have a very special guest on with me, Brock Sale. Brock, how's it going today? How's it going, guys? I'm getting ready to talk some Panther football. That's what it's all about, you know? So uh, last week we saw the Super Bowl wrap up and, uh, you know, the 2020-2021 NFL season. Uh, finally, after a lot of, you know, second guessing it finally wrapped up and we got through the year and so uh we saw saw a lot from the panthers this year a lot of ups a lot of downs um a learning year i would say for the panthers um so what do you yeah. think what do you think about the panther season overall well first of all i wanted to talk about how bad the super bowl was i just wanted to put that out there i couldn't like i had such high hopes for it and then it turned out to be nothing like patrick mahomes versus tom brady like basically lebron versus jordan and stuff like that but we can get into that later. Uh, the Panthers, like you said, it's a building year. That was like my whole thing. The, I knew that we weren't going to be making playoffs and putting up a, a, like a really solid record with our team right now. We're one of the youngest teams in the league. So we have a lot of room to like grow and upgrade. And I said uh, the last time I was on the podcast that I wanted Jeremy Chin and uh, Brian Burns to just progress and get better throughout the season that's exactly what they did brian burns had one of his best seasons and or his best season by far but like one of the best seasons for a dn this year and he didn't get pro ball or anything like that any of the acknowledgements so i think that's even better for him if jeremy chin and him didn't get the the awards and stuff because it'll push him a little bit harder and uh i i think we're we're looking solid for the future like with, with um, what we've kind of built up on the defense and our offense is just already, in my opinion, a top 10 offense if we have the right quarterback in in place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so before we look at this year's offseason and this year's upcoming draft, uh, let's take a look back at what you think, you know, after year one about our draft class, you know, we went all defense. Um, how do you feel about the, that move now that these guys have gotten a year under their belt? I honestly, when, when it first happened, I was it was kind of a ridiculous stat that we're the first team in the Super Bowl era to not have a single offensive draft pick an entire draft. But when you think about it, it, it really seems like a good move because if you have eight guys on the defensive side, two or three of them are bound to be pretty good. And we've seen that um, Bravian Roy, that uh, defensive tackle, he's a good asset for... Um, um, Derek Brown to have and Derek Brown has been producing too so he was right with his theory if his theory was we got to get eight and if there's um like a couple of them are bound to be good I think that's where he really hit the spot like we should have picked uh, next year we should pick all offensive and see if we can get a couple good O-linemen out of it because it seems like it's a good strategy I, I loved it yeah, definitely. You know, it worked out, especially getting guys like Derek Brown in the building who you know, over the course of the season, every week, you just saw a lot of growth from him. And, you know, and Jeremy Chin, needless to say, he was a great player also. And uh, it looks his future is bright, needless to say, for, for the Panthers defense. But, um, you know, after after year one, looking at those rookies, they were led by some, you know, some new coaches in the league. And it was a lot of learning curve and something we've talked about. We talked about a lot on the podcast If you for you guys that listen is the coaching and how it you know how it progresses week to week so what do you think about matt rule and then also joe brady this season um i i feel like joe brady got a lot of um hate because he didn't come in and post joe joe burrow numbers in his first season as a full offensive coordinator like they they had their 
they had their time in LSU and that was great, but they had so much talent on that team. And I, I'm not saying that Joe Brady's not a good coach. I really think that he could be good for us if we had the right quarterback in his spot. But I, I felt like the coaching was really good. Matt Rule seems like the type of guy that like wants to get to know players. He's a players coach, kind of like a, a Mike Tomlin, a guy who like is, is really tight with the guys and you can tell. And if you get that after year one, I can't wait to see what happens after year five or six once he gets later into his contract. And the guys that are with him right now, like Derek Brown, uh, Jeremy Chin, Brian Burns, all those guys are just going to progress even more with like what they're trying to build. Like, I feel like we're trying to build a winning atmosphere, getting everybody out. I know we didn't want to like leave cam or whatever, but getting those guys out was necessary for us to move on and become a, a real team like we are trying to. Definitely. And, um, you know, making steps towards that goal, you know, David Tepper has a plan in mind and he's going all in on it. He's not afraid to make any moves. So, you know, shortly after the season, uh, we saw the Panthers uh, fire Marty Herney, uh, GM. So what do you think about that move? And then also the hiring of new GM from the Seattle Seahawks, Scott Fitterer. I was it once I found out how to say his name, Fitterer, um, I was very excited about the signing because He's a guy who said, like, I'm going to be in every trade. We're going to be in the mix for everything. And that's what I didn't like about Marty Herney. Maybe he looked at the, um, I, like, I don't know the behind the scenes, obviously, but maybe he looked at the uh, trades and saw if he had an option. or. But, like, it didn't really even seem like we were in the mix for any of the up-and-coming guys. And that was, like, my main problem. And Fitterer is going to change that. Like, we're in the mix for... Um, for Watson we were in the mix for Stafford like it's just it's getting to be a new era and I uh Tepper wanted to build that winning atmosphere and like kind of like that Patriots vibe without the rules um but Fitter is the guy to get us where we need to go he's a winner he's won in um in uh Seattle he knows how to draft and he apparently knows how to trade so like I'm very excited to see how he uh spins our team Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes from the future as well. Um, you know, GM stepping in, in the Seattle, they had a, when they made their run, it was because they had hits in the late rounds. And that's something we really haven't done much of. You know, Marty Herney is uh, famous for, you know, nailing those first round picks. But mm -hmm. usually later on, he's there's not many hits in the later yeah, rounds. So that's kind of why I was. Yeah, that's kind of why I was upset that we got rid of Marty because if you think about all the guys that he's drafted over the years and the guys that, that stay in Carolina, he obviously knows how to draft not only good players, but people with good character too. He like, I, I, he had, he did a great job here and I don't think that he was bad, but I just didn't like how he went about free agency and the whole trade block situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think that's something important to rule too is that that strength of the culture thing, which um, is, is does better with homegrown talent. So we'll see how that um, takes a turn now with Fitterer, who um, you know recently we've seen him um, in talks with you know the Matt Stafford trade. Um, mm -hmm. We've seen the Panthers in conversation with Mitch Trubisky, and then even some rumblings with Carson Wentz, and as we all know the Deshaun Watson fiasco. So, uh, <laughs> what do you think about this whole quarterback market, and where do you think? We <laughs> fall into it uh i love the whole quarterback thing because it just it opens up like such a possibility we could be if you really think about it we could be contenders next year if we get the right guys if we get to sean watson we are going to be a top five offense we're gonna like 
four guys got over a thousand yards from scrimmage last year with Teddy Bridgewater throwing them two yard passes. If we have Deshaun Watson threading the needle and getting it downfield, Jesus, we will be very, very good. Uh, like I said this before, but um, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, like a better version of Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks in Houston. I think it's like very similar. It's like that uh, speedy guys get open quick and have a, a good quarterback lead them, lead the ball to them. And that's all you need. Like in like DJ Moore, we've seen him. He can go up and fight for the ball. He can moss guys. And that's awesome. Like we need all of that. And I think if we get Deshaun Watson, if we get even Carson Wentz in Joe Brady's system, it'll be a good move. Like the, the quarterback situation is just really fun. Like I, I would have loved to have Stafford too. I'm kind of just, I'm a Teddy hater. So anybody, anybody but Teddy at this point. Mm -hmm. So what do you think will happen? Do you think we'll go all in on Deshaun Watson? Do you think we'll settle with a Mitch Trubisky? Or do you think we're going to just have the same QB room in, in uh, 2021 as we did this year? I do not think we're going to have the same QB room. I know they always say like, oh, Teddy's our guy, but they always say that until he's not the guy. Like they're gonna, they're making moves and they're looking around the league to see what they can do. But I do think that we will have another quarterback. It's hard to say. I kind of don't want to go in on Deshaun Watson just because they said they wanted a couple defensive stars that were young. And I'm not willing to give up Jeremy Chin, Derek Brown, or Brian Burns. And that's basically who they'd be looking at. So in my opinion, I thought Stafford was the guy that would be perfect for us. But even I would love to try out Carson Wentz. He's like... I. He's a big, strong quarterback, and yeah, he had his problems in Philadelphia, but he was not set up uh, to win in that situation. Like his offensive line was terrible. He was the most sacked quarterback. All that. Like I, I just think if we gave him a more like sound protection plan in uh, Carolina, then he'd be rolling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like you know the NFL fan base right now is pretty much divided on Sam Darnold, another guy who's in the mix for this. He's, um, mm -hmm. you, you, people either love him and think he's got a bright future or think he's done. Um, how would you feel if the Panthers uh, made a move for Darnold? Very happy. He's a smart quarterback and in a system where I don't know if there's a lot of going, like a lot of going deep in arm talent. That would be great if Deshaun Watson came, but Sam Darnold, I love him. Like I watched him at USC and I, I thought that he was going to be the next guy like where some of these other like Patrick Mahomes and people have been drafted like around the same time as him. I thought he was going to be the guy. He he really excites me and I always forget about him for some reason. I think it's because he didn't play much last year because he was hurt. But I I would love to have him on the team. That would be a great signing, especially if we can get him for under under 30 mil a year, then we would be solid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so now looking forward to the draft, which uh, is going to look a little different again this year with no combine to get ready for it. Uh, we hold the eighth pick and we're in a decent spot to get a quarterback. Um, I'm not sure how much you know or have seen some of these quarterbacks in the draft, but uh, how would you feel about the Panthers taking one of these guys at the eighth pick? Uh, would you like that or would you want us to get a guy through trade or free agency? Um. I mean, with our luck with drafting, I say, I don't know, roll the dice maybe and see what we could get. But um, I, with the whole COVID stuff, I kind of wish this happened last year 
because we kind of latched on to Derek Brown and we were like, this is our guy, but we could have gotten Isaiah Simmons. So I don't know if we're going to go all out on a quarterback just because we haven't seen him play that much or like not play, but we haven't seen him in their pro days and all that, like the other stuff they would be doing the combine. And that's going to make us take a defensive player in my mind. I think we're going to go linebacker with the pick. I uh, don't see us going quarterback. I would like to maybe a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields if he falls to us, but I don't see us getting a quarterback at that spot. Like it's just a little bit too far back. If we didn't win that game against the um, football team, I think, yes, we would be going quarterback all in Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, one of those guys. But Mm -hmm. I think Micah Parsons and, um, Who's the Patrick Sertain? Patrick, those guys will be the two front runners. Mm-hmm. How would you feel if they traded up? Uh, say to number three to take quarterback. If we got a good deal for trading up, I would be excited, but I'd be a little bit worried because um, that means we really like a guy. And if we really like a guy, the Panthers are going to go all in and try to get him. And we've seen that before. And it's it would be a good move if um we got justin fields in my opinion anything besides justin fields i don't think we should move up i think we should chill out and maybe get one in free agency yeah yeah definitely it's gonna be interesting to see so speaking of free agency um how would you like to see you know the panthers go about things um outside of quarterback since we talked about that a lot already uh would you want, want a more aggressive approach um looking at the guys who we might be losing curtis samuel and taylor moton what do you think about them um are there any potential free agents that you would want us to go after so kind of give me your thoughts about free agency going forward well, I'm a I'm a Madden rebuilder guy. I love to rebuild, so I'm the aggressive. Like I want to go all in. And there's guys on the on the um, free agency market that are really good. And one that's not that skilled anymore, but I think would be a great addition to the to a young team would be Richard Sherman. I uh, I feel like that'd be really cool. We need corners. Obviously, like I don't think Troy Pride is going to get it done in the long run. I mean, he had a good season last year and like Razul Douglas, guys like that came in and I don't know how long they're going to stay at their peak performance. So um, Richard Sherman, not Dak Prescott. I don't want any of those court, like not him. Um, But yeah, Richard Sherman or maybe another defensive player, um, a veteran presence that we couldn't get in the draft. So just kind of like, Get these young guys going and let them know what it takes to be the best. Definitely. Yeah. So then I think one of the toughest questions for Panthers fans this offseason is going to be, do you got, do we re-sign Curtis Samuel? You know, we signed Robbie Anderson in free agency last year and DJ Moore is our former first round pick who's ascending. Um, and Curtis had a great year this year, uh, his best year of his career. So uh, what do you think we should do with Curtis now? Well, Curtis had one of those like, all right oh it's time to get my money like i'm gonna go play now like he he was hurt and that happened but i i always thought curtis was good but he didn't really start getting good until he had his contract season uh so we're gonna have to dip into the cap space a little bit for that one but i really think it's a good sign he could play running back wide receiver we can do so many things with him we're like we could put him out uh put him at running back and put christian McCaffrey at wide receiver 
and like I don't know have have fun with that and like I don't he's just such a versatile player that like I would love to have him on the team especially uh like Taylor Mo uh, Moten he's a guy that we need to re-sign if we're gonna like good teams have good offensive lines like that, that's just how it is and we if we want to move the ball with Christian McCaffrey and get him space we need a guy like Moten but I, I I think those two guys we need to re-sign. Like there's no there's no like win now kind of situation where we can win with the guys we have and then we can talk about the rest. No, it's it's all in and we need those guys to be able to win. Yeah, my thing is with the Panthers, whenever there's an offensive lineman that's good in the building, you got to do the best to keep him around because, as we know, offensive line in, in Carolina <laughs> is hard to come by. So, uh, you know, for me, that's something I think they should address in the later rounds of the draft. Um, so looking at the later rounds of the draft, other than offensive line, quarterback, what are you thinking? What, what guys do you want to see come in? What positions? Where do we need to fix now? Uh, defense. I think it's, it's heavy on defense again. Maybe even like – if we pick an offensive guy in the first uh, couple rounds, maybe go all the rest defense again because sure it worked, but we still have a long way to go. And I remember last time I was on, we were talking about how the Panthers, if they give up more than 24 points, the game's basically over because um, we couldn't, we were scoring over 24 points. Like I think like one in 10 games at that point. And um I, I think if we hold them, like we need to have a solid defense in order to get games going and that gets the offense going. Like if we have some sort of turnover or something like that, get the offense in a good position. I feel like we didn't do that enough last year. Like we, we were very passive on defense and we need to be like, get a guy like Micah Parsons that can, um, that can put some pressure on the defense. It's just, or I mean on the offense, it's, we need to go, heavy defense this year again yeah definitely i could i could definitely see that happen and it's all part of matt rules planning they're, they're working on that right now and i'm just going to be interested to see how they piece things together in his culture in year two so um, before i let you get looking into year two of the you know the matt rule era what's one key thing that you want to see um grow in year two in year two i just want to see him feel a little bit more comfortable he had some times where he was like Andy Reid and had a tough problem with the timeouts. He was like doing the math in his head on the sideline and couldn't figure it out. But um, just be more calm. And I, I think that he was a little like uh, excitable last year, but that's just because he's a new NFL coach and that's got to be nerve wracking, especially like in a COVID year where it's like a lot different. But I, I would love to see him just calm down and get a little bit more uh, strategic. He, because uh, he's a smart dude, and like we've seen it at Baylor, we've seen it at Temple. He knows how to win, and now I think he's just figuring out how to win in the NFL. He he had his his um his time where he um was figuring it out, but I think that he's really going to put it together, and that's what I'd love to see, just for him to be a more complete coach. Yeah, definitely. A lot mm -hmm. of upside, a lot of opportunity, and a lot of exciting pieces in Carolina going into year two. So I'm really excited for the offseason and then whatever next season um, brings for us. So Brock, thank you so much for coming on. I'm sure we'll get you on uh, sometime soon. It was great talking to you today. Oh, yeah. Thank you, dude. What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Pants Nation podcast. I'm your host, Shotzi Stewart, here with a very special guest, one of, our, one of the great, one, some, of, some, of, some of the best fans we have around, James Cunningham. How you doing, James? 
Doing good, bro. How you? I'm doing all right, man. Can't really complain, man. Can't really complain. So we'll go ahead and jump into it. So obviously we've seen that we're that Carolina's been involved in every quarterback deal that's gone on so far this offseason. And I just want to hear yes, I want to know some of your thoughts about who you think the Panthers should try to target to try to bring in to be the starting quarterback in 2021. Honestly, I'm I'm really all in on Deshaun, on Sean Watson. Uh, of course, it depends on like what the Texans are thinking. I know they got Nick Casario as their new GM. He's he's all in on trying to keep Deshaun. Of course, you know who wouldn't. Um, but like it it really just depends. I know that he's like the high option, but with a with a quarterback such as Deshaun, that's somebody that like you go all in for. You know, if you got to give a couple first rounds, you got to give even Christian McCaffrey. Like I, I think you do that. Depending, of course, on what it is that they may want in there. Um, I heard at the time they wanted three, you know, three defensive players, um, which even that may be a stretch for me. But I would say Deshaun. Um, but if we can't get him, then I mean, we got to trade up. In my opinion, the best, the best thing would be either Deshaun or uh, Justin Fields. Those are the two that I'm really high on. That's 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 about the same that's about the same way I feel, man. I don't do, I really don't think there's many other options out there at quarterback that I'd be willing to take a chance on. But you know, things have come out here late, as of late, and you know, the free agency market is about to open up, and that Prescott name is out there as far as being a fit for Carolina. Would you be okay with Carolina going after that Prescott? I would, I would, and I, you know, I'd be lying if I said in the past I was on the Cowboys hate train saying that you know he's no good, but. If I'm being 100% realistic, though, like, Dak, Dak's really good. He's a really good player. Um, but I don't know if I can see the Cowboys letting him walk, though. I, I that's, that's my only thing. And, and another thing, too, would be the price tag. Like how much how much, how much? much are we willing to pay? I mean, he's looking for, you know, he's been reported being looking for that $40 million range and, and possibly a four, at, a, at a four-year deal. So I don't know if Carolina's willing to give that money up, considering that they still have a lot of places on their team they need, they need to fill. So... Okay, so so now we talked we, we talked a little bit about you know the quarterback free agency. Let's get into some of our possible free agents. You know, you know, obviously right now we're 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 stuck between a rock and a hard place between whether we keep Taylor Moten or keep Curtis Sam. And I, I want to hear a little bit of your thoughts on that. Definitely, definitely Taylor Moten. Um, you know, I and, and I love I love Kirk Co. I love Curtis Sam. Man, he's he's really good, and I love the duo that and the, the, the dynamic um, duo that it is with him and DJ Moore. And, of course, when you talk about Robbie Anderson, I mean, you got to love that. But whenever we talk about, like, skill, uh, utility players such as Curtis Samuel, I mean, you can find you can find one of those guys, two of those guys, pretty much every draft. You know? And when it comes to offensive line, we've been struggling to find a good offensive line since 2016. So we, we've been able to find the weapons – but not necessarily the offensive line. So I, I would say, you know, if, if we're stuck in between the two, we got to go with Taylor Moten. We got to stick with what's looking good right now with the offensive line. It's 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 very true. And this is you know this is a question that I don't think many people have 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 asked. Like, what would you expect? Like, how much growth do you expect from the defense in in and now in year two? You know, with us going all defense in the draft. I haven't heard many people talk about what they expect from the defense come next season. I know we they showed flashes, they showed flashes throughout throughout the throughout the season, and we know that they were young. But you know, if, we, if we're talking about possibly you know going after Deshaun Watson and, and making a play and making a play for him, and once we get him in, what, like how much how much better do you, think, do you think our defense should be now that we that all those guys have had a year of experience? Um, I think 
they'll be marginally better. Like, I don't expect them to be, like, a top 10 defense next year. Um, I think, best case scenario, we're middle of the pack. Uh, because, and it also depends on how our offense is looking next year. Because if we can hold on to the ball even longer for next year with our offense, that would give our defense time to actually, you know, cool out and get, you know, better whenever they do get on the field. They can you know, regain themselves. So, I, I think it also depends on what the offense looks like. Um, but if we don't make any, like, crazy ads in free agency or we don't get, like, a crazy stud in the draft, I, I don't expect, excuse me, I don't expect a whole lot from the defense. I just expect them to be really middle of the pack at, at best. And, 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 you know, I mean, that and that's true. I, I wouldn't expect much of the same. But, you know, you know every, every need can't be addressed during the draft. So, I mean, what would be your thoughts about, you know, possibly looking for a cornerback in the offseason and possibly going after Patrick Peterson? Even though he is an older player, you know, his time in Arizona seems to be coming to an end. I think that he could possibly be a really good fit in Carolina to the you know, to a point where, like, you know, he can help us. He can help elevate the rest of our secondary, you know, if, if, if anything else. So what would be your thoughts about bringing him in? Oh, yeah, I would agree with, with bringing in Patrick Peterson. You know, if we could bring him in, I mean, that'd be great because, I mean, we just have so much youth on that defense. It'd be good to have somebody, especially in the quarterback room, that's, you know, kind of be like an OG and kind of, you know, pick up some people whenever they need it. So, um no, I'd love that. Another name that I've seen tossed around is uh, I think I think Shaquem Griffin. I think that's the Shaquem Griffin. Yeah, now yeah. now that now that I would love I would love to bring brings over some speed, add more speed to that secondary. Still young, so it kind of, it kind of fit, it kind of followed the, the, the trend that we've been on for the last year for the last year or so going going young on defense and completely. So I mean I wouldn't mind that at all. It'd probably give him a much cheaper price tag than, than Pat P. Even though Pat P. You know even though Pat P. like on the back half of his career. Oh yeah. So. You know, just you know, just going through some things like, okay, so what are some of your favorite Panther moments? Like, I, 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 like I know everybody has, everybody really leans towards the 2015 season, and, and you know, for me, you know, even me, I go back to the 2005 divisional round game against Chicago, and, and you know, I, I just, I just want to know, like, what, what is something? I always wonder if you had like a different, you know, a different moment to compare to the rest of the, you know, to the rest of the field. Well, so I became a fan in 20. 2011 that was cam's rookie year i yeah like because i'm 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 19 so like up until then i really wasn't following that much so like it'd be hard for me to say that it's not 2015 because that's the that's the outlier um but no i would if not that um i believe it was 2014 when it was 2013 or 2014 um when we played the saints and um cam newton threw the touchdown so i think it was on the kicks then yeah, yeah, yeah that, that one. 2013, or and uh, or uh, was it prime time when we played the Patriots? Oh yeah, all yeah. the same year. That's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite. I thought this was one of the most underrated years in franchise history. I don't think you can talk talk about enough. Between the defense being as good as it was with no superstars and Cam looking like he finally took that next step to becoming like a superstar quarterback, that was definitely where I knew I'm like, okay, we may got we may have something in Carolina for real. Oh yeah, and like. Uh, and Cam made that one crazy play where he like cut back five different times in the backfield and made like five dudes yeah. miss. Oh yeah, and so, oh, since, yeah. so you, know, you know, since you're a new generation fan, because you know I, I'm starting to count. You know, I'm I'm 24. I'm a little bit older, so I got to see a little bit. I got to see like the cardiac cast era. So I, I'm a little bit like you know more a season of, of a fan. So who would be your favorite Panther then? Since, since you became a fan in 2011, it's it's definitely Cam. You know, and, and when he got released, man, I was I was so hurt. 
I was so hurt when he got released. You know, but because that he was originally the one that got me into like just football. But because before that, I was like, whatever. I'm actually named after Peyton Manning. Like my middle name is Peyton, and so like before that, it was always like, <laughs> I, I was like, whatever. Colts, Peyton Manning. I really don't care. But no, it, it would have to be Cam or Steve Smith. He wasn't there for much of the time that I've been a fan. But you know, it's it's got to be Cam. I get. I I respect that, man. So like, okay, so who would be Let's go top five. So who would be in your Pantheon top five with a Panther play that you know that you've got to watch? Or, or you, I mean, you can even go back to, you know, even before your generation. Right. Um, well, if it's the players that I've watched for, for the time that I've been a fan, it would go Cam one, uh, Luke Keekley two, um, Steve Smith three, Thomas Davis four, and Greg Olson five. Oh, but nah, if, nah. We're talking, if we're talking like players that all-time franchise history um i gotta fit jake delome in there so I, I remember being little i had jake delome i had a jake delome jersey i still have it like can't can't even fit anymore but man um no he's like, slept on one. Oh, yeah. slept on. oh yeah oh he Definitely is, slept he on. is. Now, now i would not now i would tell you from from the older fans that that we have they're gonna be a little upset that julius peppers ain't top five but See, the, the only memory that I have of Julius Peppers, A, of course, when he came back, which was cool. But yeah. it also, like, when I became a fan, we were still kind of reeling a little bit from when he had left. This you know? is true. This so, is true. like, that was a situation that I walked into as a fan. And so I kind of walked in the situation when we were, you know, horrible when we got the draft to get Camden. So I was like, oh, well, that, you know. So, yeah, I love Julius Peppers. But, again, that's just... That's just yeah. before my time, and so I'm like, eh. That was definitely, I feel it. So yeah. now that we get close to the end, man, what have you been? Have you been happy with the results from Matt Rule in year one? Like, were you okay with what, with, with what we put out there? Yeah, I was. I was. I, and I think for a first time like NFL head coach, like, it. I mean, how much better could we have expected? You know, the the only problem I, I can't even say it's like a problem that I have. Because I can understand the coach, like, you don't you don't want to lose. Like, towards the end, when we were set for the third pick, and then we win, and then we take the eighth, like, that we wouldn't have such a discussion that we do now, you know, where it's like, okay, we have to trade up or trade for somebody. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. That's, uh, that's, what, that's one of those where, like, you know, the integrity, of a, the integrity tells you to go win, but, you know, that win means absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things. And if we lose that game, we're four to Okay. We didn't have much. I didn't have high expectations for us anyway. I had us going five and 11 at the top at, at the beginning of the year. So if we go four and 12, eh, whatever. I mean, get number three pick. And now we kind of control our own destiny with that number three pick. And I mean, look, even if we felt like we didn't want a second quarterback, we would be, we'd be in a better position to even trade for Deshaun Watson at this point. But man, look, it's been great having y'all, man. I look, I didn't mean, Love to talk to the fans each and every week. I, I hope to see you back on again soon. And look, man, keep pounding. For sure, man. Keep pounding. Appreciate y'all. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another fan episode on the Panthers Nation Network. We figure, you know, now that the season is completely in an end, we're now into the full swing of the offseason, what with the Super Bowl happening last week. We figured we'd reach back out to the fans and see what their thought process is and how the Panthers should handle, you know, this upcoming offseason. So we're joined by another fan. He came on a little bit a while ago, but he is back now. How you doing, Michael? 
Doing all right, you know. Uh, thanks that football is over, but excited for this offseason. I think it's going to be a really crazy one this year. Yeah, I think literally all around, not even just with the Panthers, but with pretty much everybody, it's going to be a crazy, as we've already seen with J.J. Watt, you know, asking to leave the Texans and um, and Matt, Matt Stafford being traded for Jared Goff. There's so many things that could happen this year. What's one thing that you might just in the NFL, one move that you're looking at or something that you might be focusing on just across the NFL? Well, my my favorite time of the year in the NFL is the draft. I think the draft day is the best day of the year. It's the only day in the NFL where you could argue that every team got better. And it's just a fun night overall. So I'm really looking forward to that, um, especially because who knows what the Panthers are going to do this year. Um, they, I feel like they're going to definitely trade somewhere, whether it's up or down this year. So that's why I'm looking forward to that. So, okay, well, then you, you mentioned the trading up. What do you want them to do with the eighth pick? Well, obviously, you know, we need a quarterback. Um, and as far as I'm concerned with that, I just I want them to get the guy that they feel confident in. Like, I don't want them to settle if that makes sense. So I don't want them to just say, oh, we can trade down and get Mac Jones. That's what I don't want them to do. Um, I think they need to trade up to go get their guy uh, because number one, I don't think Fields or Wilson's obviously fall to eight. But the other thing is, I don't know if there's a team in the NFL that has made it clear that they need a quarterback more than the Panthers. So all those teams behind us, like Washington and Denver, that might be looking at quarterbacks too, you need to think that they could jump us at any point. They could trade with like Detroit or with or even with Philly and jump us and steal our guy. I was, I was gonna say that you know training picks is something that the Panthers have never really done up until you know Tepper took the reins. I think in the last two drafts we've traded up at least I believe either the first or second round pick that we've had where we've either traded up or traded back. So it's not not out of the park. Now I mean I'm still wary. I mean we talk about the confidence level of it. You know someone they're comfortable with. I'm still concerned about any of these quarterbacks with the line that we have, you know, any of these rookie quarterbacks. So if you're going to use the eighth pick to trade up, would you rather them use it to maybe trade for a veteran quarterback? Like, I mean, the one we all know, Deshaun Watson. Uh, honestly, I've given up on getting Deshaun Watson. Um, for me, the Texans are just being too stubborn about this. You know, they have made it clear that they're not intending on trading um, Deshaun Watson, even though it's very obvious he wants out of there. Um, and they're, I, the last I heard, they want four first-round picks, which is just absurd. Um, and the Panthers, like, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, draft picks, they're overrated. You know, you can afford to trade them to a guy like uh, like um, for Deshaun Watson. But things, the Panthers have actually been drafting well lately. Like, they've actually, you know, they killed their last draft. And all their first-round picks, like, the last three, four years have been great. So I don't, and not to mention, the Panthers are not a good team right now. So they're going to be in the top ten. It's not like they're like L.A., and they're consistently in the 20s where they can afford to get rid of those picks. That is true, yeah, because that's what I was, you know, when, when Stafford got traded and all the first-round picks went, I was a little bit, you know, more, I was concerned because I knew that the the price for Watson was going to skyrocket. I do think that the, the Texans are being incredibly stubborn. I think it's going to come back around to bite them in the butt because I think it's going to come around, you know, I know that there's been all this, you know, crosstalk between the agents and Deshaun and the team saying that he wouldn't, you know, sit out of training camp. But in my mind, with the way that they're going, with the way that team is becoming a dumpster fire, he doesn't care about the money at this point. He really, he's got enough to sit there and do what he needs to do. He just wants to get out of that organization. So I know he's not the guy that might do that, but we've seen situations in the past where a guy like Deshaun Watson, who, you know, everyone says, oh, he'd never sit out. Like, you know, that's because that's a running back would normally do. They decide to sit out anyway. And I think they're going to come to bite themselves in the, in, the, in, the, in the butt because come, you know, training camp time, they're going to realize the price that they they asked for was too high and they're going to have to settle for a much lower offer because I don't think anybody in the NFL has enough to offer what they want for Deshaun Watson. 
Exactly. But that being said, I mean, you do talk about the draft picks, and that's, you're not wrong. They have done, you know, a fair job in the last couple of years in terms of at least their first-round picks. I'm just, you know, still a little concerned with – in my mind, I still think if you get the eighth, if – I don't think uh, 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 Panay Samuel, I think is his name. I'm, I can't remember. I can never ever pronounce it. The guy from Oregon, the lineman. I don't think he's yeah. going to be there at eight. Uh, I, just, I, I, I would just want – we went all, you know, defense last year. I'd like to go all offensive line this year, every pick. Just re, revamp that entire offensive line because we saw in the Super Bowl – even if you have a good offensive line, if you don't have the depth on offensive line and you have a superstar quarterback, it doesn't matter. I agree. I will say, like, I wanted, I know I said I want to trade up, but after that, I would use almost every pick on O line. Like, literally, picks like three through like six just go all O line. Now, the good part about this, especially, and so I am a bit more, you know, I'm excited more for this draft than I was last year, just because you know we, I had no idea what we were going to do in the draft last year. Obviously, new, you know, new, new head coach. You know, we still had a Herney. This one is a little bit more up in the air with Herney and with the new uh, GM. But coaching the Senior Bowl, I think, gives you a, a huge step forward into what your plan is. How much does that excite you that they got the chance to do that? Well, especially this year with COVID, I think that's a huge advantage. You know, teams, they weren't, we saw a lot of colleges not be able to play as many games as they normally would because of COVID. Um, in addition, the combine isn't happening. So I think the coaches getting to go out there and coach the Senior Bowl was a huge advantage for them. And I think, I think it's going to be like last year. We really nailed um, some of those later round picks in our undrafted free agents. I'll say maybe more so undrafted free agents than some of the later rounds. I mean, we had, you know, I think Stanley Thomas Olivier on the field like maybe five or six times. I mean, Bravion Roy, he did a lot better than I yeah, thought he was going to do. He did a lot better than, I mean, when we drafted, I was like, okay, well, we have Derek Brown. And, you know, he was a Baylor guy. So I was like, okay, what's his purpose? But, I mean, with KK going out the way he did and, you know, he was able to fill, fill some holes. So it wasn't the worst thing in the world. There are some guys in still in free agency that I'm looking at. And I don't know if there's any guys that you might be eyeing besides Deshaun Watson that you've given up on him at other positions like offensive line or defensive back that you might be looking at. Um, I know a lot of people have mentioned Shaquille Griffin because of Fitter's connection to Seattle. Um, and I, I do think that would be a good good signing if we did that. I really think we just need to get a corner in free agency. Like if there's one position where you could say, oh, we're going to go hit this in free agency instead of the draft, it's corner. Because corner is one of those positions where, as a rookie, it takes a few years to develop, mostly. Um, unless you're like, you know, a Jalen Ramsey or somebody like that. So if you want to fix that position right now and have somebody that can match up with, like, Julio Jones, Mike Evans, Michael Thomas, I think you've got to go find a bigger dude in free agency. Now, here's – so you mentioned the Seattle, you know, connection. And there's one guy who is reaching, you know, free agency and this year – and it's a bit of a stretch, but we've seen that the older we've we've made older defensive backs work in our in our for our favor. Obviously, with you know Roman Harper, Charles Tillman, Cortland Finnegan, guys like that, they were able to make impacts. It's not a big solution, but I was looking at Richard Sherman. He's going to be a free agent, and when you have a defensive back group that's as young as ours is, and just a defense that's as young as ours is in general, I mean that's one of the smartest defensive backs in NFL history. There about, and you know and how he play, he operates. And if you look at Dante Jackson and Richard Sherman in the beginning of their careers. Pretty similar in terms of personalities. What was what would your thought process be on if we were to go after Richard Sherman, give him, you know, not a whole lot of money, obviously, but just, you know, something to, to tie over? I would like it. You know, I don't think Richard Sherman's capable of guarding Julio Jones or Michael Thomas anymore. But, yeah, he'd be a great locker room personality. He has a lot of experience. As long as he signs cheap and doesn't demand, like, $10 million a year or something. Yeah, so then talk about, I mean, what is your thought process on Scott Fitter? Are you excited for him? I mean, GMs are always a weird, you know, it's they're never, you know, you're never going to find, you know, a, a, a sexy find that GM, you know, that's something that makes you, you know, excited and, you know, gets your mouth watering. But, I mean, what, what are your thought process on him so far? And what do you think, what, what he might do in the future? 
Yeah, well, it's hard to about with GMs. It's hard to evaluate them because it's not like a coach where you see them every Sunday, what they're doing, what they're not doing. You know, GMs are kind of more behind the scenes. But um, so far, I like what we've seen from him. Um, I know with Herney in the past, it, trying to get him to do anything was like kicking a dead horse. You know, he never resigned free agents. He never made big signings. He never made any. You know, he never won any trades. Um, but with Fitter. You know, ever since he made that, we're going to be on every deal comment. Like, it's been, <laughs> he's stuck to his word. And we've heard some crazy things ever since he took over. I say sometimes that, you know, being in every trade isn't always the best thing. Yes. Like, when we heard what they offered for Stafford. I heard a Trubisky rumor a few weeks ago, and I was just like, oh, no. Well, I don't know if you listened to ours. The minute that came out, the next episode we did, we all said, oh, we're yeah. like, we'll, we'll leave. Jeff was like, I'll leave. Shantese was like, I'll take my talents to, to New England or, or to Miami. I will leave here. And I was like, yeah, I, I'd, I'd throw myself off a bridge if we went for Mitch Trubisky. There's, there are, like, I know we're desperate for a quarterback. And this has been, so this has been my thing too. With, like, I st- the more we go along with this, the more I start to see where I'm like, okay, we might stick with Teddy for another year. I mean, we've got that second year of the contract. And in my mind, like I said, I don't think any rookie quarterback right now is going to do any better with offensive line than Teddy would do. I understand you want to try to build for the future, but I think this class isn't one of those, like, you know, isn't one of those class like what it's just not one of those classes that I want to jump on the quarterback on. I don't know what I don't know what your thought process is in terms of evaluating college quarterbacks. It's always, you know. It's always wishy-washy. Yeah, and I think it's a lot of putting them in the right situation as well. Like um, a, an option, I'll talk about the O-line in a second, but an option that I think wouldn't be a bad idea would maybe trying to get Sam Darnold from New York. Like if you could if you could get like a third or fourth round pick for Sam Darnold uh, and you're telling him he's going to come play with our receivers and with uh, our coach, you know, maybe he could pull Robbie Anderson and actually be good. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking. Uh, Shanti's talked about that a little bit. He talked about Derek Carr, too. I mean, there's some guys, you know, that it, it depends on the system. It's just in my mind, you know, it's always – I don't think there's – I think there's been maybe two or three quarterbacks in the last maybe five, six years that truly played to the expectations that they were dealt. Because every other guy either wildly outplays the expectations that they were given, you know, before the draft or wildly underperforms the expectations. You know, you have your guys like on one hand, Carson Wentz, and then on one hand, Patrick Mahomes. No one expected Mahomes to do anything. Everyone expected the world from Carson Wentz. And you see how, you know, that kind of flip flops. So it always makes me nervous when it comes to evaluating quarterbacks talent in the draft. That's a fair point, but I I trust our coaching staff right now to do it. They've I've I've questioned a number of their decisions that they've made. Like um, I was one of the guys that wanted to cut Mike Davis. You know, I was one of the guys that questioned the Derek Brown pick. So you know, I've I've learned that when it comes to this, I just gotta shut my mouth up for a second and see what happens. Yeah, no, I mean, there was a lot of guys that I was when we were drafted them after it was at least you know it was basically after Derek Brown. I was like, who is Yater Gross Mato? Who is yeah? Who are these people? Now, of course, I don't do as much research in the draft as Tyler might do, but you know, because I remember we were going back and forth the draft night. You know, I was like, who are these people? And he's like, no, I actually like this. And of course, Tyler was on the right side of that argument. But so, is there one guy then? You know, is there one guy that you might think that you know might be a diamond in the rough that you might you might have been looking at? I know you're very excited for the draft, and is there one guy that you might be looking at for that you might want the Panthers to try to swoop up? In the, I'll be honest with the later rounds, I haven't done a lot of research on that so far. Um, there is, I, and I'll tell you what, some of these linemen have some hard names, but um, it's like Liam Eichen something from Notre Dame. Um, one of my friends, is, he's a Notre Dame fan. He's, he's told me that he's really nice up there. So I think if we got him in like round three or four, he could be one of those guys that turns out to be a steal. And here's the other thing about O-line. Like, I know people want, are saying they want to draft an O-line and maybe the top 10. 
but all line is one of those positions that you can steal in the later rounds of the draft. Like, uh, look at Taylor Moten. He was a, he was a second round pick, I think. Like, later second round pick. Um, hmm. I, I forget. I think I think Matt Paradis was undrafted, or he was a later pick as well. Yeah, he so, was undrafted. Yeah, it's it's guys like that. Like, you don't have to draft them high. You can find these diamonds in the rough with the O line. It's one of the more common positions. I feel like. I said, I think I'm hoping, you know, there's that guy at the senior bowl that like D2, D3, I can't remember what, that he was dominating at, at offensive linemen. So I hope that the guy, that the coaching staff takes a look at him really heavily. We talked about Moten. So obviously one of the big things, in free, you know, in the offseason this year is going to be Moten versus Samuel. You know, what what is your thought process there? Um, you know, I know it's hard. Uh, it's not the sexy option, but I think you got to resign Taylor Moten. You know, he's been, he's been the one stabilizing force on that offensive line for the last three years. Um, and I would he's he's obviously been the best tackle we've had since we've had Jordan Gross. And Curtis Samuel's great, but I think he gets a little bit overrated by Panthers fans. You have to look at the position he was in this year. Um, when CMC went down, I don't know if there was a bigger contributor that helped uh, fill up his role than Curtis Samuel did. And Mike Davis, Mike Davis, of course, was huge too. But, you know, Curtis Samuel was taking a lot of those passes. He was taking a lot of those third down receptions. And the other thing is Curtis Samuel plays the slot. So you're typically, you know, Curtis Samuel went from playing as the outside number two wide receiver to the primarily in the slot. And I think that's that helps present a lot of good matchups for you. I think it's just it's hurtful because I mean we were talking about at the beginning of the year or beginning of the offseason that we're like this is a this is like this needs to be Curtis's year. We've been waiting for a breakthrough from him forever. We've been waiting for him to you know live up to his expectations because he kept building up to it and he finally did it. And it now yeah, and, and yeah, of course, which is always how it goes. You know, oh, I got to get my money next year. Let's, you know, yep. let's let's fall out this year. And it's then just lastly, perfect time. So uh, yeah, isn't, isn't it crazy how that works? Mm-hmm. Um, but just lastly, just lastly, man, you know, what is one thing that excites you? I mean, what excites you most about this upcoming season for the Panthers and just the offseason maybe too? Um, I'm looking to see – I'm looking forward to seeing the growth kind of and maybe winning some close games um, without Teddy in there hopefully. Uh, because last year, if you look at last year's team, if they had just had a few bounces go their way, you know, a few penalties maybe get picked up, a few fourth and shorts picked up, and they could have easily been in the playoffs. Like if they get three, more, if they win three of those, like what eight one score games that they lost, and they would they would have made it. Like they could have beaten out the eight and eight Bears, and they would have got in. So I'm hoping we see some de- development from that this year. Hopefully, we have a quarterback who has a clutch gene in his body. Um, and you know, I I could really see us getting in that wild card this year. Oh, I definitely get to it. We got there'll be an extra, you know, week for the season. There's still that extra play, playoff spot. There's a lot. There's a lot that could change, you know, especially with the, how the division looks. I mean, we don't know what the division's gonna look like come next year. So it's it's definitely got a lot to be excited for. But um, again, man, thank you for coming on. It was awesome to have you on again. And um, everyone, ch- tune in. You know, check out Panthers Ranter. That's his account as well. He runs his own Panthers fan account as well. So we always got to share the love, especially you know, right around Valentine's Day. <laughs> thank you. Just hit 2K today, so. Out of boy, congrats, man. That's awesome. Thanks. All right, and well, everyone else, stay tuned. We've got a couple more fans coming on here in a little bit.